it's Ronnie Davis, and you're listening to Eating More, the place to be if you want to learn how to stop eating in ways that make you feel like crap, if you want to end the weight and food war, and start reimagining healthy eating and living. We'll show you how to change your mind, your food world, and your life with less doing and more being. Welcome to Soul Sister Conversations. And welcome to Why We Eat. Well, you may be wondering why my friend Ronnie just said, why, welcome to Why Do We Eat? And Ronnie and I are friends. We've been friends for a while now. And we are teaming up to be collaborative to uh, provide not only value in this podcast, but in a workshop that we're working on uh, that we're introducing in February. But first, I want to um, introduce my friend, Ronnie. She was on a podcast probably about a year ago, and it's a great one to listen to, especially at the beginning of the new year, if you're thinking about healthy habits and want to think a little bit differently about um, how and why we eat. And um, so, so we're going to be collaborative today, and we're going to teach you about how to get out of your own way. We're gonna, that's going to be our topic today. And Ronnie, can you give a little heads up about, you know, who you are, what do you do? And then we'll take off from there. Yeah, I sure can. And if you're tuning in on my podcast, Why We Eat, you may be wondering why I introduced Dana and she she's talking. I think she just explained pretty well why she's why that's the case. So um, a little bit about me. I was a personal trainer and nutrition and wellness coach for eight years. And I also struggled with, you know, weight and food and all of those things myself for a lot of years. And during all of those, those years and, and all of that struggle, I learned a lot and my attitudes and my behaviors and my beliefs and, and the things that I've, you know, sort of come to, to learn and, and live by have changed dramatically since my time as a trainer. Uh, I see a lot of problems with the way that uh, you know, we've been taught to approach this whole idea of healthy eating and healthy living and, and healthy moving and all of that sort of thing. Um, and so now I am the founder of Cognitive Eating and the Cognitive Eating Academy, and I help people redefine their own version of what's healthy for them and, um, you know, uncover why they stay stuck in patterns that aren't necessarily serving them specifically with food and the way that they treat their body and those kinds of things. So, you know, I'll talk a little bit more about that as we get going, but that's kind of, you know, sort of just a quick overview. Uh, Dana, would you like to share a little bit about you for my audience? <laughs> yeah, sure. So, you know, I call myself a leadership coach. I've been a teacher and mentor, really a coach my entire life in a, you know, in different formats. Mm. And uh, like you, you have a very personal journey of discovery of mm. why you've gotten on this path of coming from personal trainer and really understanding that whole toxic fitness industry. Mm. And you've mm. had that journey in the transformation. And my transformation looks, uh, is more around self-discovery, which a, a mm. lot of yours is as well, but mine has Ooh, yeah. a, a yeah. different, yeah, a different way or different look and different feel, yeah. but really this journey of self-discovery that, you know, so many people probably maybe know if they listen to this podcast now began for me with questioning, 
uh, you know, what should I do with my life? What was my career uh, supposed to be? And that whole question and quest took me down this journey of self-discovery and led me to coaching and helping other people. And now even helping people in corporations become better leaders. And which is not really a whole lot different, um, just a different kind of skills that we, we help teach people. But it's, again, it's the self-awareness, knowing who we are. And it feels like what I do is help people get out of their way all the time. I mean, we're going to be yeah. doing a workshop on it, but I think you and I both are helping people get out of their way all the time. And we've just learned some things that have worked for us and want to encourage people and share those ideas uh, mm -hmm. today and also in the workshop in a little bit more detail. Would you agree? Absolutely. And there are so many different ways that we do get in our way and just end up spending, um, you know, day after day, week after week, month after month, just going through the, the motions in this sort of autopilot mode, not even recognizing all of the different ways we're getting in our own way. Absolutely. So why, why did, because when you originally approached me and you said, you know, and this was back in, you know, early fall and, uh, <laughs> And, it, and, and, you know, to start this collaboration, we just kept talking about it and it became clearer and clearer as we moved along. But mm -hmm. we came to this idea of how to get out of our own way. And why do you want to talk about this topic? Why is it important to you? Why, why now? Well, first of all, why it's important to me, I think, is because, you know, I have been coaching and training women for so many years. And in all of those years, I've really started to see all of the like until you figure out why you're not already where you are or where you want to be rather until you'll figure out what's keeping you stuck where you are it doesn't matter how many goals you set it doesn't matter how much motivation you have it doesn't matter how hard you work or how hard you try or how strong your quote willpower muscle is which is bs by the way but anyway <laughs> <laughs> None of those things matter. And, and everywhere you look, especially this time of year, which sort of answers the question as to why, like this time of year, everybody's saying, you know, set your goals and make your plans and do all of your things. But until you really start to understand what's keeping you where you are and why you're not already where you want to be, you can't, you're just going to keep spinning your wheels and staying stuck in the same spot, starting and stopping and starting and stopping and all of that stuff that we know so well. So for me, I think that it's really important to sort of start recognizing all of the things that we're doing that are keeping us stuck, why they're happening, so that we stop blaming ourselves for them, and then and then figure out how to change them. What about you? Why why do you feel like it's important that we touch on this, talk about this? Well, I think you know, I've been interested in helping people live well for a while because it's mm. one of those things. Once you know something, it feels like you want to share it. Right? Yeah, yeah. To anybody who yeah. resonates with the message, not, and not yeah. doesn't resonate with everybody. And for me, and I know for you, it's an inner game and you just touched on something because we're in January, this whole idea of goal setting, and I'm starting yeah. to see the workshops about goal setting and so on, which are fine and dandy. You know, I, you know, you need to know where you're going and hit a target, but if you've ever set a goal and then still don't feel fulfilled or you got to the end and it didn't really matter or it's lackluster, um, there's a reason why. <laughs> and that's a lot of what I will talk about with people and in the workshop is this idea of values. Because 
goals are the doing and values are our being. And for me, the values determine, you know, your being determines what you're going to do. So setting goals for the sake of it, because you think you should. And here's the thing is that when you set goals, I, I think there's an intention or a desire rising up that you want something better for yourself. But maybe you're not exactly sure what. So you might be setting goals haphazardly. And the easiest ones to set are often weight loss goals, right? I lose 20 pounds. I want to do everything. You know, I'll be happy when I get into the dress. I'll be happy when I find a partner. I'll be happy when some future thing. And for me, this idea of this inner game going inward is really about living in the present moment. It's re- recognizing and acknowledging and loving, and appreciating who you are right now, and then set goals from that place. Set well, those intentions. I, yeah, and on top of that, and, and sort of, sort of, I think where you were kind of going with that is, you know, one of the biggest reasons that that this goal setting thing, you know, doesn't work is, as you said, it's it because it's more about you know focusing on being, but. So often we set goals that that are not that are just not aligned with our current reality or who we really are and what really matters to us. Right. So like you, you picked the weight loss thing, for example. So millions of people right now are working on their latest weight loss attempt. And of those millions, probably 98 percent of them are going to not lose an ounce and eventually just put it right back on if they do lose it. Now, why is that? Well, It's different for everybody, but say, for example, you're an emotional eater or you're a binge eater, right? That's a pattern you're stuck in that's aligned with kind of who you are right now and who who you identify as too, right? Because a lot of times we can identify as this person who just can't stop eating things that make me feel like crap. I just can't stick to anything. That's who we start to believe we actually are because our behaviors reinforce that beliefs, right? We get stuck in this overeating or binge eating. We can't stick to anything. We, we convince ourselves that that's who we really are. We can't seem to stop doing those things or engaging in those patterns. Then we set a weight loss goal. Yeah, <laughs> It's not help. aligned with the reality <laughs> of where we are right now. And it's also not aligned, you know, you talk a lot about values, but often weight loss goals are not aligned with our individual values either, because, you know, we set weight loss goals thinking that that's going to make me healthier or happier, or that's going to make that piece of clothing look cuter on me or whatever the case may be. But, you know, or, or we think we're supposed to, it's almost obligatory at this stage of life or, or our culture that you're supposed to set weight loss goals at the beginning of the year. It feels obligatory Mm -hmm. almost, but but you have to get into like, okay, why does weight loss matter to me? And does it really matter to me as a human? Or is it just something I think I'm supposed to be doing so that more people will, you know, so that people won't judge me for my size or so that I'll feel like I look cuter or so, you know, a lot of times, especially this weight loss thing, it it tends to not be aligned with what truly matters to us. It's just something we think that we're supposed to do. Mm. Or it's just something we think we want that's going to make us happier, as you said. Um, and what I what I'm hearing you even say there, Ronnie, it, it, which applies to so many things in life, is we set yeah. fake, fake, almost like fake goals, yeah. and and it would it, like not sustainable goals. So correct, mm. you know, yeah, you get into the dress, lose twenty pounds, you're going to have a little temporary like blip, right? Yeah. Um, but it, it's it's about can you sustain that? Because I think it's. You know, it's this idea of 
you know, don't change or do these things to love yourself, love yourself first so that you can change. And well, and yeah, and that's a great point because we treat ourselves the way we believe we deserve to be treated. Mm -hmm. So if we're constantly stuck in these patterns of eating in ways that are making us feel like crap, it, it, there's a reason for that. Yeah. There's a yeah. reason we're purposely, we're, we're treating our bodies poorly. Yeah, it's so true. And I, yeah, because for me, it's like, it's this inner game going inward, appreciating and loving that. And then being able mm -hmm. to set goals, realistic goals that make you happy, not so that you love yourself down the road. I, and who doesn't want more happiness? More people right. I talk to, to feel will say that, feel better. That's what we want. We're going for this joy, which is something that's sustainable. To me, happiness, you know, you get a new lipstick, you buy, you know, have a yeah. great conversation. It's a, little, <laughs> it's a little blip. It's like your little goal of some sort. But, yeah. you know, we're going going for joy here is how do we move through life that we feel like we have direction we feel like we're connected to who we are and, and I think that we'll be talking about is you know how to get out of your own way and that's you know sort of the big secret is how to get out of your own way is this inner game that we'll be talking about from different perspectives mm -hmm. you know but all pointing to the exact same thing do you agree yes absolutely yeah. Yeah. so when we talk about getting out of our own way what does that mean to you to me, it means the, it is the inner journey. It means awareness. Yes. You know, for the longest time when I say get out of, so if you say that to somebody, get out of your own way, you think, well, how am I in my own way? <laughs> you know. <laughs> so what exactly is in my way? And yeah. I kind of think of it, and I speak about this a lot, is this idea of highest self and ego. It's like you have two selves yes. and that the ego almost is stepping in front or constantly in front, like this little dark shadow and your cute little timid, authentic self is like peeking out from behind it. Like, hello, you know, I really want to be this person and show all of my impurities and just show up as me. Um, but I'm afraid to do so. And ego is two things, right? It's the thing we often associate with, which is like arrogance or over mm -hmm. the top which it can be, but it can also be the other way playing small in this world, afraid to show up for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. So for me, getting out of your own way is a lot about really making people aware of the illusion of that ego, that there are two narratives running that you get to choose which one you connect to. And when you begin to have that awareness, uh, the ego falls away and the, the authentic self, your authentic self is more willing to step forward. But mm -hmm. I, I'll be teaching people really about how I do this. It's just super simple. And it, it's, yeah all of that inner stuff, but it's, it's that shift that you have to make constantly to connect to it. And for the longest time, I didn't even realize there was anything to get out, out of the way out of, you know? so I didn't know I had to get out of my own way. Although I had heard people say that I need to get out of my own way. Mm -hmm. And I think for years I would carry that. I'm like, what, what does that really, really mean? So mm -hmm. what, what does it mean to you to get out of your own way? So, so everything that you said, basically, I use a little bit different language in my work, but basically it's the exact same concept, more just as it relates to weight and food, but in general as well. But, but, but even more, more specifically for me, um, it really became about looking at all of the ways that I was contributing to my own suffering in life. And which was how? Well, for example, uh, and, and I remember, you know, sort of when I first became aware that I was being in my own way. This was many, many, many years ago. 
I was still, um, you know, sort of stuck, really stuck in the struggle with hating my body and, and all of those things. And I started to recognize just using the scale as an example, mm-hmm. you know, how many women are stuck attached to getting on their scale every morning, waiting for the number on their scale to tell them whether or not they're allowed to like themselves that morning. Well, mm-hmm. or that day, well, that was me. <laughs> and what I started to recognize slowly was that I felt like I needed to get step on this scale every morning. Like this was this thing that I was so attached to needing to do in my life every day, because I thought this is what's going to make if, as long as I'm getting on the scale every morning, that's going to keep me accountable. That's going to keep me good. That's going to keep my weight down. That's going to, you know, so I I really thought that this getting on the scale thing every morning was helping me. Mm -hmm. That's going to many people do. Yeah. 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 It's going to help me control my intake. It's going to help me look better and keep the weight off. And it's going to help me, you know, with all of these things. But what I started noticing slowly, it took way longer than I care to admit to notice this. But what I started noticing was that no matter what the scale said, I would, I would self-sabotage in some way. So like if the scale was up, oh, well, I'm up anyway, so what the hell, may as well eat whatever I want today because I already screwed up. If the scale was down, oh, well, look at me, look how good I'm doing. I deserve a treat today. Exactly. So no matter what the scale said, (laughs) I was still, it would still give me, I would still use it as an excuse to eat shit the rest of the day. Right. Didn't matter what the narrative was. Didn't matter. And so I started going like, okay, wait a second. Is this getting on the scale every day actually helping me be healthier or happier? Or am I just convinced that it is? And it's actually something I'm doing that's, that's, you know, another example is I was, I, I was for, you know, lack of a better phrase that one of the biggest worry warts you'd ever meet, like everything I was, I was afraid of everything all of the time, always projecting worries about what yeah. might happen, what might not happen, what this person might be thinking about me, what that person might be saying about me, like all of this, this crap going on in my head all day that was making me unnecessarily worry, I'll mm-hmm. unnecessarily judge myself, unnecessarily worry about others judging me. Like there was so many different ways that I was doing it. Um, so I started recognizing, okay, wait a second. How are these things that, are, that I'm, I'm seeing contributing to my own suffering, how are they impacting my day-to-day behaviors? Mm-hmm. And how are, the, are those day-to-day behaviors helping or harming me? Are they making life easier or are they making life harder? And, and so what I started recognizing was that they were making life harder. So when I think about get out of your own way, that's what I think about. How many different ways, you know, is all of that crap that's going on in my head causing me to behave in ways that is making life significantly harder or feel it ways that make life harder? Yeah. What about for you? Yeah. I, and I just wrote down contribute to suffering. Cause when you're at, you know, we're asking, you know, how do you get in your own way? That's one of the ways we get in our own way. We contribute yeah. to our own suffering intentionally and unintentionally. Yeah. We don't even recognize, um, that we may be doing it. And that's one of the things I'll be dressing in my portion in, in, of the workshop is mm-hmm. this idea of the inner critic yeah. and some of the techniques that I use around managing that. And it, of course it relates back to the scale that I'll be sharing as well, mm-hmm. but this, this idea of self-sabotage yeah. and for me, for years, 
you know, I was contributing to my own suffering and did not recognize it. And part of the way that I get in my own way is that I put too much value on the outside world in Mm. what other people thought, just like you said, you get in your head about, I wonder what, did I say something? Did I offend people? Did I, I wonder what I should do with my life here. Let me poll the world, my husband, my parents, my, my friends, what should I do? Yeah. That should word is another one. Yeah. (laughs) And and instead of paying attention to my own voice, I didn't realize Mm. I had the power yeah. And and the power was all mine to tap into. I mean, it's kind of like Dorothy and the Wizard of Oz, right? Yeah, yeah, you yeah. had the power all along. I just didn't realize it. And you give your power away or get in your own way, all of it. When I, when I listen to the outside world and what begins to happen is that your head hurts because yeah. you're so confused. You're afraid to make a mistake. You take one step forward. You think someone goes, well, why are you doing that? And you're like, recoil recoil because I don't want to have to answer for that or you're scared or and it's just it could be a snide remark it could be a curiosity but you question whether you're on the right path Mm -hmm. and you will never get on the right path if you are listening to the voices of others who are not actually like guides um to you to help you unpack it um and it's only when I started going inward and like you you know it's more years than you care to admit (laughs) and actually I don't I actually don't mind admitting I realized that it took a long time because I think that is the journey of life we're even talking about a bigger journey here we're going to help you get out of your own way or reframe your life but this connects to something bigger in your life as well and it just starts slowly it just starts slowly so i know for so for me that's what comes up when i think you know get out of your own way and how how i contributed very willingly to my own suffering well yeah, yeah and it's it's interesting that you say willingly because because it really is willingly and yet not our fault at the same time Yes. So that leads me to my next question is really, how do we get in our way in the first place? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is so good. If this is the way it should be, why the heck are we in our way? Yeah, yeah. Why, Ronnie? Why? Why do you think? Why? Yeah. Oh my goodness. I asked myself that question for so, so many years. <laughs> why, like, why can't I get my crap together? Like, why do I keep doing this to myself? Like, what's wrong with me? So with specifically with regard to to the the weight and the food thing i think that um a lot of it starts with coping strategies as children right, right? absolutely as children or or we develop all of these thoughts and beliefs around food as children or not even necessarily as children even just as we as we grow up right um, and so we do, we develop these strategies as children and, and as we as we get older we start learning that this is the way thing, the way we're supposed to eat, the way we should be eating and living and moving. And this is the way we're not, we shouldn't be doing those things. We stop trusting our own inner voices and we start trying to live by what other people say we're supposed to be doing or we should be doing or, you know, those things. And it really keeps you stuck in not having any idea what you genuinely just want and need. You're complete, you end up completely disconnected from your own body because you're, you're trusting all of these other people to say, well, you, you're supposed to eat at this time of day and not that time of day and have this many hours between meals or no, no, this many meals per day and, and this much of this and don't eat that. And, and so we really get completely disconnected from that inner knowing, that inner trust, that inner, um, that inner voice that just 
lives in ways that is connected to what we genuinely value, you know, to use your word, and yeah. what we genuinely just want and need in any given moment. And mm -hmm. so, you know, we develop this pattern. So say, for example, when we're children, you know, there are some restrictions around certain foods growing up, or maybe there's even food insecurity, which I hear a lot that and restriction around certain foods. So these sort of foods become the treats, or maybe we don't, you know, know when we're going to get food again, that sort of conditions all of these uh, fears and patterns into us. And then we, we get into adulthood and we learn, well, you shouldn't be eating that and you should be eating that. And, and it, it kind of just this fights against all of those old patterns. Mm -hmm. If that yeah. makes sense. And, yeah. and you kind of stay stuck in this battle between this is what my brain is telling me I need to do because my brain is afraid. My, my brain learned that when I was a child, I didn't know when I was going to get food again. Or when I was a child, my, my brain learned that safety or learning to manage emo managing emo difficult emotions required food. Right. And so whenever I don't feel safe or whenever I, I, I restrict food or, or whenever I, I have a difficult emotion, then my brain wants food to fix that problem. But my body's over here just going like, listen, we're full. We mm. don't need that thing because it's going to make our stomach sick. And that's why it can feel like that back and forth in our heads very oh, often. Yes. Between, you know, you and I'm sure like everybody knows this conversation. Yep. Oh, my goodness, that thing looks so good. And, and oh, I just had a really crummy day. So I, I just really want this cookie. And then there's this other voice that goes, yeah, but you don't need it. You quote shouldn't have it or you don't even want it. Maybe like maybe there's this part of you that's like, but you don't even want it. And there ends up being that back and forth because you're kind of fighting with that, the voice of the conditioning versus what you may actually need and want in those moments. It's so true. And I think tuning into that inner voice yeah. of what you truly want um, and versus ignoring it and giving the world what it wants. And, you know, when we talk about getting out of our own way, you're, you're so right in that a lot of this stuff you know, why you think, why does this happen? It yeah. begins in childhood, yeah. right? You said, you know, and you go into your story in more detail on, um, in the episode that I interviewed you, but we have coping strategies. Yeah. Uh, and the other thing, you know, people model this behavior. Oh, people, people model the behavior of how they get in their own way. So yeah. we learn to just hide behind our ego, our false self, because it's protection. You know, at the end of the day, it's protection. We don't want to be rejected. We don't want to be yelled at. We don't want conflict. We haven't been practiced. We haven't been taught this. So, you know, the answer, you know, how do we get in our own way in the first place? A lot of it begins in childhood. If you have not had models surrounding you, or if you have been coming from traumatic or stressful situations, you ought, like you said, you automatically get some coping strategies. And the other thing, you know, what's one of the reasons why I like that you and I are teaming up to chat about this is that we are talking about it. Mm. Um, nobody talked about this stuff. I'm getting goosebumps even when I'm saying yeah. this. Growing up, like nobody had conversations about your feelings. It's like, go walk it off. Like, yeah. 
you know, or it's like, um, nobody talked about guiding your life or tuning into the world. Cause sometimes people are in survival mode themselves. So you're like, Oh, I got to get a job and I got to do this. And I go down this path. And then you realize, Oh, I don't like this path. Right. So no one asks you or questions you and say, is that what you really want, Ronnie? Yeah. What does your heart tell you? What are your big dreams and desires? We don't even talk about dreams and desires. Like that's something fluffy. And yeah. that's for people who can, you know, uh, do it. Some Somebody else can do that, but not us. And, and I think it's time to fine tune. So if anything, what we do in our workshop, it'll be like, you know, in the old days, now I'm dating myself, a radio. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're dialing in the frequency that you can listen to that you may be hearing this for the very first time. And I know when I started my own personal journey of discovery, it was like reading anything, listening to anything, mm-hmm. uh, because you never know what's going to turn everything mm-hmm. on. You never yeah. know. It's the statement. It's the thing, you know, it's happened for me where you had the, like uh, an aha or a breakthrough as a result, uh, you know, I, you know, I've had Eckhart Tolle's work was had really profound um, mm-hmm. uh, influence on me. Uh, but you just never know. And for the, and for, you know, one of the things that I often hear from people who get frustrated about this whole journey of self-discovery, and now I got to go inward mm-hmm. and they may be beating themselves up, which again, we'll be talking about this dang any critic, mm-hmm. but beating themselves up. They wish they were further along than they were. They wish they had heard this before. They wish they knew this before, you know, yeah. there's that old say, saying that the best time, you know, you know, the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago, but if you don't have that, the best time is to today to yeah, start the today. next best time is now that yeah I hear that you that. might have it yeah. I hear that a lot in my work because yeah I I work with women who you know typically started this whole I'm going to lose weight and eat healthy and live healthy thing in their teens yeah and now they're in their 30s 40s 50s 60s even 70s and they are still fighting the same battle with their bodies and food and um yeah. So, so I hear that a lot. Like I, you know, women will often say to me, you know, I, now that they, they start moving to the other side of it and finding their way out, they kind of regret how many years they stayed in it, yeah. how many years they feel like they wasted. Hmm. I hear that word a lot. I wasted yeah. so many years. I wasted so yeah. many years fighting with the scale or, you know, and you, for me, I think that you can't, you can't come out of that until you're ready to. Right. And, and, and nobody can determine when you're ready. And I think that, you know, especially for women that are, you know, in their seventies, sixties and seventies and and whatnot, none of this, as you said, none of this stuff was talked about until recently, especially the weight and the food struggle. Like it's starting to become a little bit more discussed, you know, in in recent years. Um, But, but prior to, you know, the internet and, and just even the last maybe five or 10 years, I certainly never heard anybody talking about what this weight loss obsession and the struggle with, with food and whatever was doing to anybody. I never heard anybody saying those things. Um, it wasn't until I started, you know, searching out that information that I started uncovering that, oh, wait, there are some people sharing some of these things and, and, you know, kind of started learning a little bit that way. And then, you know, that kind of opens the door and plants a seed. Yeah. And then I started digging in a little bit more to other stuff. And then I started going inward. And then when I started actually going inward and exploring all of these things, exploring how I was getting in my own way and and those things wasn't until I started to do that, that, that I was able to find my way out, but I I couldn't do that until I was ready. And I needed those seeds to be planted. 
It's true. Yeah. And, and the seeds don't get planted if nobody's talking about it, or if you're not finding anybody right. that's talking about it. Yeah. So yeah, I think that it's really important that we do get real about these things. Yeah. And to your point where, you know, people have said, I wasted all these years. Yeah. Again, that's just more beating yourself up yeah. is to accept that, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't know if you can really say if everything happens for a reason, but you certainly can assign meaning to things. And one of yeah. the exercises that I've done with my um, solar X group is um, I can see clearly now it's about mm -hmm. signing meaning in your life. And it's taking these different experiences that we have in your life. So you could have these weight loss experiences or mm -hmm. why have I been beating myself up or whatever it is. And now you can look back with the level of clarity. It was like, there was a reason why you went through that to yes. get you here, because sometimes we don't listen until the suffering is so great. You know, no, I often you know? Yeah, I often say I'm I'm incredibly grateful for the bulimia and the depression and all of those things yeah. that was the result of my my weight yeah. loss and the struggle because without those things I may not have been miserable enough to start looking for solutions right. in the first place. Right. It's true. Yeah, hundred percent. And now I get to share what I've learned so I can make something positive or I can try to make something positive come from it to help other people who are where I was. And that's not, you know, that's not what everybody wants to do, but yeah, I can find, I can find some things that come from it. Um, and, and that's one of the exercises we do in, in my cognitive eating Academy too. We'll, we, we, we kind of, I have clients look back at some of the things that happened to them in the past that they really judged as being negative at the time. Mm. And then like, you know, what are some positive things that might've come from this looking back on it? Like yeah. what, you know, how did that strengthen you or propel you forward or or how did you get through that kind of yeah. a thing um so instead of contributing to our own suffering <laughs> by yeah. telling ourselves right. this story that i wasted so many years right we can look back and be like no well wait i can actually see that that i needed to get there in order for me to learn this thing that i needed yeah. to learn to get here right? and that's a reframe for a lot of people because they feel yeah. like that suffering is wasted but what if it was a gift yeah, what if it was the thing? And I think of it almost like stepping stones. Yeah. You had to step on that one and the steps are going somewhere. It's taking yeah. you somewhere. And it's if you're exactly ready to make that ultimate change, play the inner game, um, then this is your time and it's yeah. not wasted. It's going, it's going to be a fantastic journey. And it's one of the most amazing journeys you'll ever take. And you're right. I, I same thing. I don't mm. regret anything that has happened because it, I needed that level of suffering or, or that constant driving myself inward so that I would seek the thing that I'm looking for. And I can feel that, ah, like I don't have it all figured out, but there is a bit of a, you can take a breath and you feel like I'm on the path. Sometimes mm -hmm. you feel like you're off the path, but for the most part, you feel like you're there, like you're in the strike zone. But yeah. I didn't feel that 20 years ago. I didn't feel that maybe even 10 years ago or I, in the 10 years ago, it was like in the midst of it, it was still messy and it's still messy. Yeah. but it's there's a level of, yeah but there is a level of clarity uh, and now I have some guideposts that actually help me go to the next thing and, well, and, and, and then go to the just, next thing but help us manage the messy because life is messy yeah but and then usually it's messy. messy well it's normally messy though because I stand in my way again so yes. here's the thing just because you get out of your way one time doesn't mean you're it's going to be a constant yeah. getting out of your way well, and, that's and I'll, the thing. And I'll address to, that. <laughs> yeah, And that's the thing you have to recognize all of the different ways it's happening in your day. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So that you can, because it's not a one and done sort of a situation. No, no. Oh, I remember, oh, it's only. <laughs> um, yeah. I remember 
four or five years ago, I remember I was in my car just driving in silence. I don't even remember where I was going, but I noticed in that moment that I was smiling. Yeah. For absolutely no reason. I'm sitting in my car just driving and I, I noticed, hey, wait, I'm smiling. Hey, this is new. <laughs> this is new. <laughs> What's happening? What is this thing my face is doing? I don't understand. <laughs> And because that before amazing? that moment, before I had learned all of this stuff, in order for me to feel what I thought was happiness, I needed some external event to help yeah. me get there. I needed the yeah. scale to go down. Yeah. And then I would think, okay, I can feel okay today. Yeah. But in this moment in the car, I was like, wow, like nothing caused this. And since then, you know, there have been times I'll be out walking with my dog in the middle of a hurricane or something. We go every single morning and it'll be like the worst of the worst weather. And, and I'll notice myself smiling. Yeah. And it, it's the most remarkable feeling to just be able to feel that sense of peace and joy with yourself and the world without yeah. needing some external thing or without needing the world to be perfect or you to be perfect or your body to be perfect in order to, to feel that the way that, you know, I think all yeah. of us would like to just be able to smile more and, and yeah. feel better in and general. feel good. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you're so, just, you're just one shift away from feeling good. You know, yeah, you truly absolutely. are, you know, that, it, you know, the inward shift, it's a shift away from yeah. the ego. It's just a small shift. But when you're so distracted by numbers and feelings and yeah. future, you're not in the present moment. That's all the things that were distracted and pulled. And, and yeah. you, you suddenly find yourself in the present moment and you find yourself smiling. Yeah. And it's so beautiful. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it's so good. You feel it feels like you're home. Yes. Home. Yes. You know, you're home. In in life, but in your body too. Yeah. For me. Yeah. For the first time in my life. Yes. Yeah. So good. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to talk about lots of things um uh, in our workshop in February. And um Yes, February 2nd. February 2nd. Our free workshop. Our fr it's free. free. We're going to be talking about all of these sort of components and a lot of what we're talking about here today, but we'll go in uh, more detail so you can yeah. actually grasp these concepts. And the easiest way for people to, we ha each have it on our, our websites. I know if you go to my website, danaloydleadership.com, you can see, you know, how you can work with me and so on, but the link is at the, um, I'll, I'll have the link there. Uh, the link to my, uh, I have a soul prescription club that I run monthly with women, which is all about this journey of self-discovery. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I do one-on-one -on -one coaching with business leaders and you have lots of information on your um Yes, the actual link. Well. Yes, the actual link to register for the workshop to join us on February second is www.cognitiveeatingacademy.com forward slash workshop. But you, as Dana said, you can find information. You can find a link to it on her website, and you can also find it just on my main website, cognitiveeatingacademy.com. I'll put a link on the homepage there as well to sign up for the workshop. And, and we'll put it in the show notes on this yes. and on each of our um, 
our episodes too. So you can go into the notes and find the link that that's an easy way to, to access it. If what we are talking about is speaking to you, um, so many of us, you know, set these fake goals or resolutions in January mm-hmm. and by, you know, there actually is some, some research that says by the third or fourth week in January, people have like forgotten about them altogether. So I think coming together with us on February 2nd mm-hmm. will be a good way to go. Okay. Let's already hit the refresh button and let's look <laughs> at 2022 and our life in a little different manner than maybe yeah. we've traditionally looked at it. And how do we truly move through life with joy, meaning, and happiness and, you know, and enjoy who we are and forget about, you know, redefining healthy living and yeah. yeah so that we can learn to, to, to do things that actually just make our bodies feel better so that we can learn to nurture and nourish, not just physical health through the things we think we should be eating, but our mental health, our emotional health, yes. right. Our social health. Like all and don't we need it right now as we emerge yeah. from this pandemic, people are tired, right. Yes. And, um, so, you know, let us be your self-discovery guides and encouragers and uh, connect with us uh, on, on this workshop. And, um, you know, we Yes, and if you have any questions for either Dana or myself, you can find us on our websites that we've listed or uh, on our social medias. We'll put those in the show link, the show notes yeah, as well. Absolutely. Well, this was fun, Ronnie, um, breaking down how to get out of your own way and all the elements that go with it. Um, And so I look forward to diving into that in a little bit uh, more depth with you on February 2nd on our free workshop and um, happy to do that. So thank you for joining me in conversation today. I, I, this was a lot of fun. And thank you for joining me. You've been listening to Being More with Ronnie Davis. Thanks for tuning in. To learn more about embodied cognitive eating training and access free resources, visit www.ecet.online.